your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 226 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And after speaking with Dean Brown on yesterday's show, Gord Wilson joins us. And a minute before the interview, we find out he's doing it on his birthday. It's 9 a.m. He's already done a radio hit. This guy just lives Ottawa Senators hockey. Great chat with Gord, who was at the scrimmage last night that DJ Smith said some players made the team and other players made, well, known that they weren't ready to compete at the NHL level. So we'll get into who those could be on both sides. We'll also get back to our organizational value rankings. We're into single digits, getting ever so close to number one. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, and Pilsy, just after we recorded yesterday, a host of players, 86 league-wide on waivers, including a number of Ottawa Senators, which included Rudolph Balsers, Philip Schlappick, and Christian Yarosh, among others. Your thoughts on those moves, and do you believe that any will be claimed? Yeah, I was a little surprised to see Rudolph Balsers and Schlappick on waivers. I thought maybe they'd hold them up, kind of suggesting that they would be a part of the taxi squad, but they were sent down. This is probably the biggest collection of guys being put on waivers we've ever seen. And as far as I know, the only player to be picked up was Yulson by the Panthers from Montreal. So that's kind of surprising, but there's lots of uh, roster movement that's going to be happening this season. The rosters need to be finalized by 5 p.m. today. We're going to be anxiously waiting to see how they're going to look. And this scrimmage told us a lot about guys, like you said at the top, playing their way into jobs and playing their way out of jobs. Two different stories on the Sens top six. There's the youth movement and then there's the insulation, which you'd more expect when you have young kids coming into the lineup. No surprise that Tim Stutzla remained on the left side with Derek Stepan and Evgeny Dadanov, whereas now Brady Kachuk was on a line with Josh Norris and Drake Batherson. The average age of that line, while well, it's easy to calculate, just over 21 because, well, both Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk are that age. Drake, the one year older, but drafted 2017 as well, a draft that Brady only missed by a couple of days. So funny, four years later, they could be a top line in the National Hockey League. Rare, of course, but what are your thoughts, Pilsy, on having those three studs come up on the same line? I think it's awesome to get a look at them because this is very likely going to be a future line in this Ottawa Senators roster. Now, is that how it's going to shape up this year? Probably not. I mean, and maybe not to start right away, but eventually those three guys, you could easily see them being on a pair. If going forward here with the Ottawa Senators, when Josh Norris makes the team, and that could be this season, he's definitely going to be paired with Brady Kachuk. Like those two best friends since uh, Dorian proclaimed it many years ago. And they just have such good chemistry. Like you got a shoot first guy in Josh Norris and you've got a guy who loves getting dirty in front of the net, creating havoc, causing screens, getting rebounds. Like 
These two are so perfect together. And then mix in Drake, get a little two-way game with some vision, some creativity, and uh, some physical uh, flair to him as well. Brady can or uh, Drake can throw the body around if he wants to, even drop the gloves if need be. So I think that's a really fun line, and it'll be interesting to see if we see more of that this season. Yeah, Josh Norris and Lo- and. Drake Batherson played a bit together in Belleville last year, of course. And when you add Brady on that line, it just brings a whole other dynamic. As DJ Smith said, Norris and Batherson are two guys that can make plays. And well, Brady knows exactly where to get to. A couple other notes from the scrimmage that was won by Team White, which was full of AHL players, Pilsy. And that's where the two main standouts came. Philip Schlappick, revenge game after being put on waivers. And, and Christian Willannon, who by all accounts, had a fantastic game, scored in overtime, but had two goals in the regular game as well. So it, did he play himself onto the team? It was him paired with Artem Zub, but we had seen him paired with Josh Brown earlier in camp. Where does Willannon fit into all this? Some would think he's the second most talented defenseman already on this Ottawa team. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that. I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of experience that... That year that he missed with a shoulder injury is really unfortunate to his development. But this is a guy, we've seen him do it in Belleville, and we've seen him do it even in the NHL. He's so good carrying the puck. He's going to be someone who's going to be, I would assume, on a second power play unit. And he really put the icing on the cake here for this training camp, showing the coaching staff, hey, I am the second best offensive defenseman on this team behind, obviously, Thomas Shabbat. And I want to be put into a bigger role. I don't want to be a bottom pair guy and uh, get maybe 10 minutes a night. Give me the, give me the bulk of the work. I'll show you what I can do. I'm going to create offense. Now he's got to work on some things defensively for sure. But I think that's a scenario where we're going to see him paired back with Josh Brown, a guy who's more uh, stay at home, defensive, defensively sound guy to kind of balance that lineup up. But I love what I saw or not saw, but heard about Christian Willannon from uh, yesterday's scrimmage. And I'm excited for him to have a big year. Shout out to the media who were allowed in because we actually got some video footage, albeit from the press box shot on an iPhone. But in particular, Brent Wallace, he's working the highlight reel sports center style, as you would know. Before we get to our chat with Gord Wilson, though, the Nodak Sens finished up a back-to-back against Colorado College, a 2-1 win. Outshot for two nights in a row. Bit of a surprise there, but still managed to pull out a win. And surprise, Pillsy, a Pinto face-off win led directly to a goal. That's what Shane Pinto does, and he's going to do it every game. And that's what I talked about when we uh, did a player profile on our value rankings of Pinto yesterday. His ability to win face-off clean sets up an offensive play and you can have the puck in the net in under five seconds from when that puck was dropped. And I'm sure it was, it was right around that time. So great game by Pinto. I really like seeing, uh, it's so nice watching UND now and every shift there's a send prospect on the ice. Like you're not just looking for 22 and 24, you got 25 and 26 Clevin and Sanderson out there too. So it's so much fun to watch these games. And we're going to be keeping a close eye on UND all the way throughout the rest of the season as they make their way to a championship run. So like Pilsy mentioned, we'll keep an eye on that, but now let's get to Gord Wilson and let's drive there through the parts acquired through rock auto It's a family business that serves these auto parts to customers online, and they've been doing it for over 20 years now. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need. I'm talking engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get your new carpet there. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, 
Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly. See all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices you prefer. Prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same, whether you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Pillsy wouldn't. I would never because I go to rockauto.com and you can too right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you reliable protection, everything you need. It's rockauto.com. Now here's our chat with TSN 1200 color commentator, Gord Wilson. All right, we now welcome a very special guest back to Locked On Senators, one of the first guests on this show's history, and we're pleased to have him on his birthday, no less. Happy birthday to Gord Wilson, TSN 1200 Zone. Welcome back. How are you doing today, sir? Well, thank you very much for having me, fellas. I'm uh, thrilled to be on with you, thrilled that the uh, start of the NHL season is uh, uh, fast approaching, and um, I'm not so thrilled that I'm celebrating another year, but it certainly beats the alternative, but I'm getting up there. eh? 60 is, um, they say it's just a number, but it sounds old, doesn't it? Hey, 60 is the new 50. That's what I hear, right? So hey, you're, wait a you're minute. doing fine. Whoa, wait a minute. I was told 60 is the new 48. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go 50 for heaven's sake. Okay, we'll keep it there. 60 is the new 48. You never <laughs> looked you. better, Gord. Yeah, now, okay. last time we talked to you was uh, very different circumstances. We talked to you just a couple weeks, actually, after the NHL shut down. You had just recovered from uh, COVID-19, a bit of a scare there. So it was kind of a doom and gloom period but now the the dawn is here and the new yeah. season is starting and you're getting a chance to get back to the ctc what was it like being back in the building well it's been a long wait hasn't it for everybody involved and i, I gotta be honest with you it was uh, it was quite exciting it was a thrill it's it's eerie it's eerily weird to be honest with you because you know we've all watched the games we watched the games in the summer uh, through the bubble and you see that there are no st- fans in the stands uh, but watching it on TV you still get the same ambience the same the, the NHL is calling it the synthetic crowd noise uh, and so it sounds and feels like a hockey game when you're actually in there and you don't see any fans uh, it's different um, you're usually I'm up in a crowded press box there were five or six guys up there it uh, it was different for sure uh, but uh, very excited to be back obviously no doubt you know when we broadcast Friday's game start broadcasting the season and the first of 56 on Friday you know it will sound like there are 16,000 people in the building and uh, if you're listening to it on the radio you won't be able to tell that it's an empty rink well for a battle of Ontario it'll be nice to have 16,000 Sens fans cheering with the <laughs> synthetic sound uh, are you guys going to be able to travel with the team or will you call the away games from studio yeah, uh, that's the plan to call the games, the away games from studio, which, uh, you know, I put an emphasis on it sounding like we will be in Calgary or in Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Vancouver, or Winnipeg. I'm, I'm, I don't really <laughs> want to go to Winnipeg anyway, but uh, all will be fine. It's unfortunate that we cannot travel, uh, but um, that's life. I mean, we, 
have been privileged to be able to travel with the team all these years. Uh, it's NHL protocol. The senators would say, yeah, no problem. Hop on the plane. Uh, but it is NHL protocol that uh, it is only team personnel uh, that uh, are allowed to be in their bubble and on their traveling, their, their, their plane. So it's unfortunate, but at the same time, uh, the broadcasts will go on. And as I said, the NHL has done such a phenomenal job in making sure everybody's radio broadcast sounds like the crew uh, is on site. Uh, I know when we carried um, a lot of uh, games in the bubble in the summer, uh, I called the Tampa Bay broadcaster a, a few times. Dave Mishkin is the radio play-by-play man, and I called him a few times uh, just to ask if he hit, was on site uh, now, you know, uh, listening to another series. And you and you think, okay, well, maybe he's traveled to Edmonton now, uh, but he was doing his broadcasts from a studio at Emily Arena in Tampa Bay when the games were being played in Edmonton. So uh, that's how good the NHL has made it, and uh, that's how it will sound as well on our station. Honestly, Gordon, I would have saved two spots on the taxi squad for you and Dean. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that taxi squad, I'm guessing, is going to be full. You know, but today, today is Tuesday the 12th, uh, and rosters have to be identified by 5 p.m. Uh, the, all teams can have up to six players on the team, which includes one extra goaltender, and one extra goaltender has to be carried. So the Senators will have three goaltenders. I'm anticipating that it will be uh, Joey Decord as the third goaltender, uh, but there are options, obviously, for the Senators. But I'm guessing as well that the taxi squad will be uh, filled right up because they do have options. And DJ Smith has already indicated in this camp that um, he's going to be playing a lot of players throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and there's so much intrigue to how this roster is going to shape up. It's been a long time since the Senators have been in NHL action, but you got a taste of them back on the ice at the CTC. Not NHL action, but it was a scrimmage. Give us some of the highlights of the scrimmage, and I know uh, I watched uh, your post-game little wrap-up with with Dean, and uh, you mentioned a guy I want to talk about. Speaking of goalies, the performance by Marcus Hogberg. Like, how about him really showing the coaching staff that he's going to be a formidable backup this year? Yeah, there's no question he wants to play and uh, wants to be a number one goaltender. He's going to get paid at an NHL rate this year, which is a huge plus, but he is the number two guy, let's be honest here, but he is certainly going to. And I think one of the things that we found out about Marcus last year, he started 21, played in 24, but started 21. And one of the things, you know, his numbers weren't great, 5, 8, and 8, but a 3.12 goals against average, a 9.04 save percentage. Uh, numbers aside, what we saw from Marcus last year was the fact that he had a real, real strong ability to compete on every puck, so or for every puck, and um, he's going to do that again. And um, he's not going to certainly you know, give the net away just because Matt Murray has two Stanley Cups and is the number one goaltender or makes more money than than Marcus. There's going to be some healthy competition in between the pipes, and obviously that's a good thing. I think you know based on what we saw kind of segue if you don't mind from Marcus and he had a great game last night I thought he played very very well I'm not so sure about the performance of Matt Murray last night I think he could be better well he's got to be better obviously And, and and I think he will be he's going through some growing pains right now in terms of changing his style of play a little bit he's coming off a year where uh, even though he had 20 wins for the Penguins, his save percentage was uh, a career low at 899. Um, 
there were lots of uh, discussions about Matt and maybe a, a little bit of a decline. He's anxious to get going. I know he's done an awful lot to try and improve his game and maybe even change his game a little bit. So that may take a little bit of time. Uh, but when it does kick in, I, I fully expect Matt Murray to be, um, you know, at his Stanley Cup winning best. Now, that being said, it's an eye opener playing on the Ottawa Senators compared to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, you know what? He's going to give this team a ton of confidence, I'm guessing. You mentioned Hogberg battling in games. There's a stretch his entire January. I was just looking at his splits the other day. 924 save percentage, but one win in six games. So yeah. how much more can you really do between the pipes to uh, stop the puck? But Ottawa's offense was really anemic last year, and that needed to get better. And when you get a superstar, you hope early in the draft that comes about. And it was his first time wearing the 2D jersey. Thoughts on Timmy's game? Uh, you know what? As I said um... Uh, to somebody this morning, he, this is a world-class skater. Um, you know, it's AAA rating and his skating ability. There's something about uh, top five guys, top 10 guys. There's a reason why these guys get picked where they get picked. There's a separation probably from five to 10 or 10 and lower from the rest of the class. And Stutzla was drafted where he is for a reason. He's got all the tools in the toolbox uh, the skill is there, the skating ability is there, and perhaps more importantly, the character and will to win uh, and compete is there as well. And that was on display last night. It was perhaps a little bit unfair to completely judge him based on the amount of time he spent on the ice. He had a practice, you know, Sunday before uh, the Monday scrimmage. He had one practice, got a chance to play with Stepan and Dadunov. Uh, we saw that trio again last night uh, at the scrimmage. And I think going forward, that trio, uh, the Senators have uh, a Tuesday practice. I think they're off Wednesday. Practice again Thursday, morning skate Friday. And then it's the Leafs, obviously, uh, Friday night. My guess is that Tim will be with Derek Stepan and, and Dadnoff the rest of the week and uh, hope that they can generate or create a little bit of magic on the practice ice that can transfer to uh, the game day ice. Yeah, so we got a little taste of what DJ Smith is uh, tinkering with his lines here. Now, what do you think about the philosophy? I think it's a great idea putting a young guy like Timmy Stutzel with two very good veterans in Derek yeah. Stepan and Dadanov. <clears throat> How do you think about the philosophy of kind of mixing and matching these young guys with veterans? Or do you think maybe we'll see one line like we saw Norris, Brady, and Batherson? That's a young line. Do you think they're going to try to stick a veteran on each line? Or is that not really a big deal for them and they're just going to go with chemistry? and what works well it's a good question and a very legitimate one with this team because there is going to be that mix of veterans and young players so i think dj or pierre dorian i think earlier in training camp uh, mentioned that this team will have more rookies on it than any other in the canadian division so there's no question uh, i think at some point the young players are going to have to play together the line that we saw last night that was centered by josh norris and batherson on the right and obviously brady on the left uh, looked very, very good. Very, very engaged. Brady will make you engaged, whether you want to be or not. Scrimmage, practice, whatever. Brady will bring it every night and make you or every morning. And and he will, as they say, uh, drag you into the battle. It's a, it's just his his in his DNA. And he did that last night. Um, Josh Norris looks very good. Uh, and deserves to be where he is right now. And from all accounts, and I love Drake's game last night as well. And from all accounts, his camp has been very good. Drake can take an awful lot of what happened to him last year, you know, coming out of camp, playing a little bit in the NHL, 
and losing his confidence. And you know what? I think there was a genuine feeling that he knew he had lost his confidence as well. Well, he took, uh, you know, that feeling going back to Belleville. Everybody wants to be in the NHL and thinks they deserve to be in the NHL. Whether they're playing badly or not, the, the, you know, the mentality is, well, I still should get the chance and I belong here. I can't do much more in the AHL. Uh, Drake took, to, took it to heart being demoted. Um, and had a very, very solid campaign in the American Hockey League. And I think, you know, with the training and the time off, the level of maturity has perhaps grown a little bit, and the experience of last year has certainly helped. He's looked very good. And I don't think there's any question that that trio that we saw at the scrimmage uh, on Monday night uh, will transpire to game night action on fr- maybe even as early as Friday with Norris between Batherson and Kachuk. It's interesting, though, fellas, because – Throughout most of training camp, Dadnoff and Kachuk had been together and there had been interchangeable parts at the center ice position. Josh Norris has played himself into a role here now, though, that uh, I think is worthy of giving him a look uh, as the number one or 1A centerman on this team, at least to start the season. One of those centers that was rotating through with Kachuk and Dadnoff was Colin White, and it's a little early to be reading into the numbers of the lines, but he was playing on what you'd expect to be more of a, a fourth line type with Austin Watson. So what uh, do you think that means of Colin White's camp, if anything? You know, I believe his camp started out well, and we all got accounts of, you know, the weight gain and the physical presence. He's uh, bigger and stronger, and that's a good thing, uh, and he needed to be. There's no question about that. He's coming off a disappointing year, so he has lots to prove this year. What is this, year two of the six-year contract for him? So there's still an enormous amount of pressure on this young man. He's 23 years old. There's an enormous amount of pressure on him. So And pressure to perform and put up some numbers. Uh, in that slot right now, as, as you said, that fourth-line guy, um, I don't think there's any question Colin will be playing with different players throughout the course of the season as early as Friday. I don't think Watson and Galchenyuk are going to be who he was with during the scrimmage. I don't think um, those will be his regular line mates. Um, From what I'm led to believe his camp started out well and then kind of tapered off a little bit as do, you know, uh, it it happens to a lot of players. I mean, I keep close eye on Colin here because, um, you know, salary wise, he should be considered a big part of this team Uh, with the depth that this team has. Now they're going to uh, need Colin white at his best. And he's got to take that step forward this year. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, he has the biggest contract of any forward on this team. So there's there's a lot invested in Colin White. And I think we're going to see a bounce back season for sure from last season. Now, I want to ask you about another guy who's coming into a very intriguing season. And that's someone who played very well. Christian Willanen. Three goals and assist. I think he even scored in the shootout too. Like he he's a guy that he's going to get a top four role. And it looks like he's comfortable in that role and we're going to see him hopefully on a power play unit as well. what did you see from Colin White and what are your, or uh, Christian Willannon, sorry, and what are your expectations for him? Well, that's, you know what, another intriguing possibility here for the Ottawa Senators, because I think everybody anticipates that he is a top six defenseman. Here's the problem. Um, the Senators gave up almost more goals than any other team. Again, last year, they were bottom five in the goals against, and um, they've they've got to change their ways. In other words, they have to defend on a consistent basis. And if there is one knock on Christian Willamon, it's his ability or at times inability to defend. If he gets his defensive game 
I won't say cleaned up, but er, but rather improved. And I think that will happen throughout the course of the season. I have no doubt that he could be a top four, top five defenseman on this team. Uh, there's no question he is gifted offensively, and he showed that uh, during the scrimmage with uh, the shots that he was taking and his ability to move the puck up the ice, but he still has to defend. Like everybody else on this team, it's got to be better defensively. Chris, there's no shortage of confidence with Christian. And we have to remember as well, you know, we talked about this off the top, fellas, 10 months since the last competitive game. Well, Christian played nine games last year and all in Belleville. He missed the entire season with the shoulder injury that he suffered and subsequent surgery that he had two Septembers ago. So I think the leech has to be a little bit longer for Christian in fairness to him. And, uh, I, and with that all in mind, I think as the season progresses, he'll see more time and he'll get into that role that you talk about as far as, um, you know, where he stands uh, status-wise with the team. Let's also remember, and you brought up a good point here about power play time. The Senators were 31st in the power play last year. That power play has to improve. And right now, Thomas Shabbat is uh, the best guy that they have, but they need somebody else in the back end to quarterback it, whether it be Thomas playing the full two minutes and, a, and another forward coming in uh, and playing in the back end. Can Mike Riley do it? That's another question. Uh, I think the easier question to be answered is, can Christian Willannon do it? And I think the answer is yes, he can. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a make-or-break year for Christian, especially when you consider 25 years old. And some would think he's the second most talented defenseman already, just in pure offensive skill, the ability to break the puck out of his own zone, important qualities that he brings to the table. Now, he was on Team White, Gord. And the final question for me, I got to ask, because that's a challenge to some of these guys. There was a clear NHL group and an AHL group out there in the scrimmage, but that Guys rise up to the challenge. Philip Schlappick with two goals. He was on the team. Also, Logan Brown. These are guys who you'd think would still be on the bubble. Who would be one other guy that stood out? And maybe DJ Smith has to think if he's going to play on Friday. Hope you're enjoying our chat with Gord Wilson. It's always great to have both the guys from the legendary Sens play-by-play and color commentary on the show. But now we got to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. The NHL season is one day away. I'm not kidding, guys. Get ready. Get your funds into betonline.ag because it's time to start betting on some NHL hockey, some real NHL hockey. All teams are involved this time. So no matter what team you cheer for, you're going to get some action here and It's time for Pilsy's Parlay of the Week. I'm taking a look at opening night, and there's a couple bets I like here, but we're going to do some parlays. Taking Tampa Bay, minus one and a half. The odds are plus 100 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks, I'm not so certain about their goaltending. No Jonathan Taves. I think the reigning Stanley Cup champions are going to roll right over them. And then for the second part of this parlay, let's go Vancouver Canucks money line against the Edmonton Oilers couple turnover uh, guys in Vancouver. They're going to be looking to prove something right off the hop. The money line is plus 109. So parlay Tampa Bay puck line and Vancouver Canucks money line. That's the play for me. And you know the best place to get it is betonline.ag. And I said get your funds in there. Well, betonline.ag is going to help you out. Just because you're a fan of the Locked On Senators podcast, we got a promo code for you guys because we are the exclusive partner for betonline.ag. Head to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. 
for your 50% welcome bonus. So if you put a hundred bucks in there, betonline.ag is going to give you 50 bucks for free just for joining. So get in on the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't be a part of the taxi squad. Get in that roster, get on the bench, get ready to bet. And don't forget, Use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our chat with Gord Wilson. Well, Nick Paul was on the white team last night and he did stand out, and there's no question he will be in the lineup. But it's an interesting, uh, I don't, I guess dilemma might be the, the right word to use, but it's an interesting challenge, I guess. Uh, for the coaching staff and for management. And can you imagine being a player after the training camp, uh, after going through all of training camp, you come into the rink yesterday morning and you take a look at the teams and you see one team that's completely stacked and another team that has a lot of AHL tagged players and you're one of them. And that probably doesn't sit well. I don't think it sat well with uh, Logan Brown. Probably didn't sit well with Christian Willanen. Guaranteed it didn't sit well with a guy who was also put on waivers the same day and Philip Schlappick. Well, what do these players do? They meet the challenge uh, head on and, and go forward. And Philip Schlappick had one of those games last night that told the coaches, I deserve to be at least on the taxi squad with the two goals that he had. Take the two goals out of the mix. He was physical. He was on the puck. Uh, he did all the things that I think the coaching staff is asking him to do. And um, he's probably another player who uh, stood out last night that uh, really does have a chance uh, to be on, if they go with it, a 29-man roster, including the uh, uh, the five players and the extra goaltender on the taxi squad. Yeah, and DJ Smith mentioned how he likes the competitiveness that uh, this limited ro- open roster spots is going to bring. And that's the kind of game Philip, Sch- Philip Schlappick's going to have to have. And I think he can be an effective fourth-line grinder kind of guy hopping in and out of the taxi squad. So I hope we see that from Philip. Now, last question for me, Gord, and uh, this is what uh, Dean was telling us about yesterday. He said, throughout the years, you've had a lot of chances to uh, acquire goaltender's equipment from uh, old senators that have come and gone. He even said you had Craig Billington's pads stolen from your garage while you're out doing yard work. Tell us about that story. That's a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) They were my most prized possession in the early 90s because as a beer league, uh, house league talent goaltender all my life, I had really lousy equipment. Uh, the, Cooper Duras- the Cooper Durasoft pads that uh, were made of this leather that when they hit the ice, wet ice, they stuck to it. And my scrawny little legs had a difficult time peeling them off the ice. And I'd often leave a little bit of leather on the ice with those things. So when I got Billington's pads, and um, it was very nice of Craig, we were almost the same height. And uh, they were his pads from New Jersey um, that came over uh, in the trade that the Senators made with him. And um, he had outworn them and knew I was a goaltender asked if I wanted to put some money towards a charity. And I threw some money at the make a wish foundation and Craig in Craig's name and, um, and got the pads and played with them for a couple of years. I was working mornings um, on CFRA when I went home one day, uh, opened the garage door. My equipment was in the garage and I went to have a nap at one o'clock in the afternoon. I left the garage door open and somebody came in, stole the pads, stole my original Senator's jersey that the team had uh, given me with the 
peace tower logo on it and yeah it was and name on the back and everything and so if anybody ever sees it at played against sports or somewhere um, and sees Wilson on the back of it or Wilson scratched out somebody else's name or finds Craig Billington's pads uh, they're actually mine and so anyway I claimed the pads on insurance to make a long story longer and perhaps less interesting I claimed the pads uh, through insurance and a few other things that were stolen and um, the insurance company said, well, what were they worth? And I went to the equipment manager, Eddie Georgica at the time and said, what are these pads worth? He said, new ones are 1700 bucks. I mean, stupid. I said, okay. And I threw the claim in and my insurance company uh, approved the claim. So I, I, I got a check for the pads. I went to the senators and said, can you get me some new pads? And uh, I ended up getting Don Beaupre's pads, which I still have in the garage. And I think I'm actually going to send them to Don's son, who is in Minnesota, who's actually practiced with the Senators. Uh, he practiced with them, I think, two years ago because Ottawa needed a goaltender. And Don Beaupre's son, I can't remember his, the young man's name, but I told him that I had his pads, his dad's pads, and that I would send them along. So there you go. That's that story. Well, the Sens added Francois Broussard as the sixth goal. You didn't throw your hat in the ring, and then you would have no. had to have your pads on hand. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, one big thrill as far as goaltending is concerned. Uh, Rick Walmsley, the one-time goaltending coach of the Ottawa Senators, put me on the emergency list uh, for emergency <laughs> goaltenders. I think I was uh, number 15 of 15. Uh, that would be called if, in fact, the Senators had to whittle things down. Uh, but I've had the chance to, you know, we used to practice um, on game days. We used to play shinny uh, at the rink with the trainers and the assistant coaches and stuff. And uh, I'd leave my equipment there. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it was 15, 20 years ago, maybe, that I got a chance to actually practice with the team during one of the playoff runs. And uh, uh, that was an eye-opener for sure. Yeah, I would have loved to see you get a chance to be the emergency no. backup goalie. And they <laughs> needed to keep you mic'd up when you're in the game. You can still you can still do the color from the ice. You got the best seat in the house at that point. Well, it would be colorful, Pilsy, we would that's be, for sure. <laughs> we would be struggling to maintain our goalie-friendly show reputation if Gord's <laughs> calling games from the crease. I think that would take the cake. But, Gord, we always love your call with Dean on TSN 1200. We're going to be syncing our TVs, as we always do, up to the radio. And we're absolutely going to have you back because now you're a recurring guest. You have to come back whenever we ask. So thanks absolutely. for doing this, especially on your birthday. It was an awesome pleasure to chat with you. Uh, my pleasure, fellas. The pleasure really is all mine. I appreciate it. Love the show. And uh, I look forward to being on again. Stick taps to Gord for joining us. Really appreciate that. Now let's get to our organizational value rankings. And it is going to be contentious because at number 12, it's Logan Brown. We haven't seen anything, but based on being on Team White last night, I think Josh Norris has taken the advantage, if you could say, in the race for the one available spot. How do you think Logan Brown will respond? We know that he's changed agents. We know that he's had maybe not the best time in Ottawa already. What is going to happen now with Logan Brown? This is one of the most interesting storylines of the entire season with this Senators roster. And to be honest, Ross, I don't really know what's going to happen with Logan Brown here, but I will agree with you. It does seem like Josh Norris has the inside track right now. And when, whenever you're the guy playing on a line with Brady Kachuk, I think you're looking pretty good in the coach's eyes, or at least you're be, being given a massive opportunity to show how good you are. And it seems like Josh Norris is doing just that, but let's stick to Logan Brown for now in 
last season. Let's take a look at how that shaped up for him. 25 games in Belleville, 28 points. Ross, when we were down in Belleville, it was obvious that this guy was a dominant force in the AHL and that he looked like he's ready to start making that step to the NHL. So 23 games in Ottawa, he only had a goal and seven assists. But when he was up there, he was sheltered for a lot of uh, the games, at least half of those games, and clearly wasn't ready in DJ Smith's eyes. So it's going to be interesting to see this season because he's 23 in a few months Last year of his entry-level contract, like you said, changed agents, has some expectations, but I don't I don't know where you put him because you don't really want him as your uh, top six guy in Belleville because he's kind of past that, but also you don't want him on a taxi squad. So he's going to have to beat out one of these guys for a roster spot in the NHL in my eyes. You think he finishes this year with Ottawa? I think we'll definitely get a better idea of how this team's going to shape up once trade deadline comes because... If trade deadline comes, Derek Stepan uh, really, really wows DJ Smith and his veteran leadership is a big effect and all these kind of intangibles that he brings is a big uh, motivation to keep him. Maybe, and I don't think this is what happens, but maybe the Ottawa Senators extend him instead of trading him. But if they trade Stepan, then that opens up the door for Logan Brown if he's having a good season in Belleville to get a chance to prove himself at least for that little stretch of time after the trade deadline's over to the end of the season. I just, I don't know what's going to happen with Logan Brown, but I'm not ready to give up on him. That's for sure. This is a guy with good size, 6'6", 227 pounds. He's got great vision. And I always harp on him for not using his size to throw out hits and be a little more physical, but he does use his size and sense of, uh, you know, like closing gap control, uh, getting a wide spread with his stick, poke checks. But I want to see him winning those puck battles in the corner. I want to see him out muscling guys when they're heading up the ice and transition and stripping that puck off them. It's things like that where he just seems a little lackadaisical and it isn't really fully into the game. And you're not seeing him play with intensity where when you're a young guy with that much talent and that much size you should be going over the boards every shift and giving it all you got especially when you're in your last year of your entry-level deal so we'll see what happens with Logan Brown but again I really do think that Josh Norris is getting an inside track here Logan Brown has already played two I want to call them full seasons but they aren't with Belleville 56 games the first year and then last year more of a split although he did miss time with injury played 25 games down in Belleville and had 28 points so can produce at that level. It's just a matter of getting up to the NHL speed and whether he can do that enough to impress DJ Smith is going to be one of the most intriguing things, as you mentioned, because the talent is all there. All the tools are there. He just needs to put them in the box and snap it in and put his work boots on and get into the corner. And it sounds like he threw a big hit at scrimmage last night that caused the ire of Brady Kachuk. So, hey, if he's running around, I'd prefer if it's not Thomas Shabbat, but... He's trying to make an impact out there, and you can't fault him for that. So Logan Brown, just the offensive upside alone, puts him at number 12. Now, we thought there was a lot of offensive upside with this next guy on the list, number 11, Colin White, because at Boston College, he was an offensive dynamo. Two seasons at a point per game there after being the 18th, 21st overall pick. Shabbat was 18, White 21st in that 2015 draft class, and uh, it was kind of there when he had Mark Stone and Brady Kachuk on, on his wings. Then this past season dipped below 30 points. That can't happen again this season. The X factor, I will say, on this Sens forward group, Colin White. How will he respond to such a sophomore slump? 
another guy, another intriguing young centerman that's going to have to respond in a big way here. And yeah, that's, I think we can just ring it up as that. It's a sophomore slump. And let's not pretend like last year's Senators team wasn't a terrible rebuilding team. So he, he had to shoulder a lot of this weight on his own. He got seven goals, 16 assists last season. And I watched his goal highlights and they were not very promising either. Like only seven goals, almost all his goals were garbage goals. Like either a mistake by the goalie or defenseman, a tip or a rebound in tight. He only had one clean shot goal and that was his first goal of the season. And it was on Curtis McElhinney. So he just wasn't generating anything. I mean, at the end of the season, he was even trying to headbutt pucks in. Like he was just going for whatever worked. And I think I've said it a couple times, but it's time we start changing how we look at Colin White and focusing as him more of an effective two-way checking center. And guys, I'm sorry, but I say this a lot and we could probably make some sort of drinking game out of how often we say this could be a great third line player. It seems like the Sens are just made up of lots of great third line players, but I think if you put the right guys on either side of Colin White on a third line, more defensive role, He's not going to be going up against the big matchups uh, on other teams, top centermans and top deep pairs. You're going to see more of a defensive game from him checking in tight. And I think we could see Colin White succeed. The thing with Colin White is I'm not ready to fully give him trust and put him in a top six role right away. He needs to kind of earn it a little, but also I'm not ready to fully just have him uh, demoted as a bottom six guy either. So he's going to be a middle six guy this season. And I think, Maybe we see him play with Brady Kachuk and Connor Brown. That was a line that I thought did all right last year. And with another year in them, I think Colin White spent a lot of time working out this offseason, getting prepared for the new season. And I know for sure we're going to see a bounce back season from Colin White this year. It was just a scrimmage, but he was with Galchenyuk and Austin Watson. Probably not the most ideal set of wingers on this team, but hey. He is defensively responsible, and maybe Watson can get the feet moving a little bit. I want to see him improve on faceoffs this year. 47% last year, 47% the year before. It's it's just needs to get up closer to 50%. And in a perfect world, maybe 51. And maybe that's asking too much, but that could really help get possession of the puck and ultimately create more offense. So that's something I'd like him to work on. But yeah, he's got great defensive awareness. Offensive awareness is there too. So it put it all together and I know it's best shape of your life season, but it seems like he's cut down a little bit and maybe taking things a bit more seriously. So we'll see how that plays out for him. We need him to be doing well. I mean, you talked to Gord that they've committed more money to him than any other forward on this lineup. So he's got to produce and that's that, but he's his number 11th on this value ranking because he has to be, if the senators are going to have any further success going forward, they also recently locked up this next guy for a three-year contract. It's Connor Brown at number 10. And why is Connor Brown higher than Colin White? I'll start with that question for you, Pills. I think because, and this is an interesting comparison, actually, because Connor Brown, another two-way guy, but he's someone that can excel both ways. Like, you don't really see him slumping offensively. He's someone that, when he gets a chance with the puck on his stick, he can make something happen every time. He's not someone that relies so much on his line mates as Colin White does. Like, Connor Brown, you can put him on the first line, second line, third line, power play, penalty kill. You can put him anywhere on this roster. And I think that's what DJ Smith covets from a guy like Connor Brown so much, especially as it's funny to say that he's a veteran, but he really is on this team. He's 26 years old. His birthday is actually in two days. We'll get the birthday tweet out for you guys. That's for sure. But I love 
the three years at 3.6 million is a great price for him. And I'm excited to see who this guy's paired with. I think he's one of the guys that's going to be a veteran on a younger line to help stabilize that line. And Connor Brown, anytime that Nikita Zaitsev has a poor play or you're thinking about that contract, just remember that Connor Brown was a big part of why Nikita Zaitsev was packaged with that deal. And look at the positives of Connor Brown instead of the negatives of Nikita Zaitsev. Another guy who we haven't gotten to on this list yet, Drake Batherson. I hope that Batherson has a similar rookie season to Connor Brown. I made the comparison before this year's sense team and that 16, 17 leaf squad. How would you feel? I mean, pro rated sure. So let's say Batherson like 15 goals, 11 assists. Matt, would that be a little low? Do you think maybe more playmaking ability for Batherson? And that's what separates him in terms of level of a prospect. But what I'm getting at in a long winded way is that Connor Brown had a 20 goal season as a rookie and Last year, 16 goals in 71 games, right on that close to 20-goal pace. If he can get to that as well this year, I think that the Sens are getting a great value at that three-plus million dollars, that little range there. He's going to be on your first penalty kill. He might get power play two-time, and he's a guy who can move up and play with different players. Don't be surprised if he plays with every left winger on this roster at some point, and that just speaks to his versatility. So he's a Swiss Army knife, and he's a guy who has the respect and trust of his head coach going back to their days in Toronto. You don't think he was targeted? Think again, because DJ Smith wants a guy like Connor Brown on his team. Yeah, and DJ Smith knowing him was probably a big reason why he was brought there. I think a lot of people uh, around the league probably saw Connor Brown as, you know, a bottom nine guy in the Leafs roster, which he was because there's just so much talent. He's buried on that depth, but DJ Smith worked with him closely and he saw that this is a guy that it has untapped potential. He's just buried in this lineup. So bringing him over to Ottawa, I can guarantee you DJ Smith had a lot to do with that move. So DJ Smith loves... Connor Brown. I'd imagine Pierre Dorian feels this way about our next player because he went out of his way to trade the franchise's best player in a package centered around this man, Josh Norris, coming in at number nine, the reigning AHL Rookie of the Year, 61 points, man. This guy was scoring goals and off the rush. He had it off the cycle. Really, there was nothing that Josh Norris couldn't do, making the jump from college to pro hockey and coming off a college season in which he missed the second half. So summarize or try to an all-star season from Josh Norris with Belleville. Well, I mean, straight up, this kid can play. Like he exploded onto the scene in his first year in 56 games, like you said, 31 goals, 30 assists. When Batherson left, I always say this, he carried the team. There was no kind of lull in his performance when Batherson left. Josh Norris picked it up right away. He's a responsible two-way guy. And I think what I love most about Josh Norris, honestly, is he's a shoot first kind of guy. Like I, I love the guys that just make the simple play. You have a good shot. Why do a drop pass or try to force something between a defenseman who sprawled on the ice on a two-on-one? Use that shot. And that's what he does. I was watching his goal highlights and his release is so quick, similar to a lot of guys who are great goal scorers. It's off their stick so quick. And most of his goals were quick one-touch shots that either came off a goalie's rebound, uh, defenseman shin pad or something like that. And he's in the right place at the right time and finishes the play. Uh, We're going to see a lot of him with Brady Kachuk. I can promise you that. Those guys living together, 
playing on the same line. The chemistry is going to be flowing between those two. They've been best friends for a while now. And Josh Norris, like, like we said about Norgan, Logan Brown, he has the inside track on him. And even though I'm more of the mind that it would be better to put Norris back into the AHL, give him a little more time and give Logan Brown his chance. If Josh Norris is ready and he's beating out Logan Brown, DJ Smith is going to give him that opportunity for sure. Yeah, you can't send him down if he's playing that well. And the two were head-to-head going into camp. How many games can we expect for Josh Norris? If I set the over-under at 30, which way would you lean? Right now, without knowing the finalized rosters, I think I would lean to the under because I do think they're going to put him in Belleville once Belleville starts and they're going to want him playing top six minutes. But if he makes this team, he's probably going to be playing top six minutes in the NHL. And the only way he's going to get bounced from that is if someone takes his job from him. So I think for now, I'll say the under on 30. But when we see that finalized roster at 5 p.m. today, my answer might change. Yeah, it's going to be really intriguing. And we'll be back tomorrow to break that down. We also have another now recurring guest. We're going to talk goalies with a goalie hugger. And if you've been listening to the show, you know exactly who we're talking about. But for today, we say goodbye for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.